what a wonderful morning to worship the Lord together. I remember Sunday morning worship services as a boy growing up, going to North Hills Baptist Church in Sherwood, Arkansas. Still there to this day. Uh, my pastor growing up, Brother Jim, is still preaching this morning, that same congregation. I particularly enjoyed every other Sunday morning because that's when we got to go to children's church when I was growing up. We got to go to the fellowship hall with Brother Jerry Swope and some others who would volunteer their time to teach us rambunctious kids principles from God's Word, play some games with us, give us a snack. We had a good time. And to be honest, I put up with the other Sunday mornings. I like the music part of the service, but when it came time for this thing called the sermon, I would just get out the crayons and the coloring book and occupy myself. I had to sit there quietly in that hardback pew. Thank you guys for being here and sitting in those hardback pews this morning. I can tell when I'm preaching too long because you start to kind of do this. I remember at the age of six years old going to the worship service on a particular Sunday morning after my friend from school named Chase had shared the gospel with me on the playground at recess that week. He just talked to me and I listened, the whole recess. I mean, usually it was flag football or basketball or soccer, but that recess, I sat there and listened to Chase tell me about how I was a sinner about how I needed forgiveness of my sins, and about how Jesus Christ was the only one who could forgive me. And it was really just like the Holy Spirit convicted my heart. There was a weight and a burden, and it felt like God was speaking to me. The Lord had been working in my heart, convicting me of those truths. And on that Sunday morning, after talking with Chase on the playground that week, and talking with my parents at home, it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart during the offering and said, put up your coloring book and your crowns and listen to Brother Jim preach. And it wasn't an audible voice that everybody in that building could hear, but I knew that I needed to obey. So I slid my coloring book and my crowns underneath the pew that I was seated in and I sat there next to my dad and listened to a story from the Old Testament about a young boy named Samuel hearing God's voice. I want to share with you that same Bible story this morning. Open your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 as I preach to you on the subject, hearing God's voice. 1 Samuel chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. So let's take a look at this story in God's book together. The Bible says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, 
where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. In this story, we learn that the Lord's servants listen to him speak. I want you to put that principle to practice this morning as we ponder this story. I want you to be a servant of the Lord who listens to Him speak. In fact, I think that's a really good prayer for all of us to pray right now. If you're serious about hearing from God today, would you pray out loud with me to the Father? You don't have to bow your head or close your eyes. Would you just say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. You ready? Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. Now, if the Lord's servants listen to him speak, and you want to be a servant of the Lord, then you probably need to know how God speaks and how you need to hear and heed his voice. I'm going to share with you from this scripture a handful of ways, five ways that the Lord speaks so that you can hear his voice voice. First, the Lord speaks through His Son, Jesus Christ. And you say, Jake, this is the Old Testament. I don't know if you're aware, but the name of Jesus never appeared in those 10 verses you just read. I am very aware the name of Jesus did not appear in those 10 verses you just read, and I just read. But did you pay attention to verse 10? Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. The Lord Jesus appeared to Samuel that night and called his name. We call this an appearance of the pre-incarnate Christ. That fancy phrase simply means that Jesus appeared in an Old Testament story before he was born in the New Testament. You say, Jake, I don't know about that. Sounds like you're just making stuff up. This is not the first time this has happened. In fact, if you go throughout Old Testament history, you see it on several occasions especially as the Lord is enacting and continuing to be faithful to His covenant, 
to his people and to his promises. You remember a man named Abraham who was called of God to leave his home and his family and his country and go to a land he didn't know. Abraham had a son named Isaac. They encountered the Lord Jesus Christ himself on Mount Moriah in Genesis chapter 22. Abraham didn't have to sacrifice his son Isaac to please the one true God like all these other pagan peoples believed they had to do with sacrificing their sons in the fire to bring honor and glory to the false gods they worshiped. Because what God showed Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah is that God would provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. That lamb is none other than Jesus Christ, the lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. The Lord Jesus appeared to Abraham and Isaac. The Lord Jesus also appeared to one of Isaac's sons, Jacob, on a couple of different occasions. Jacob came to a place and had a dream, a vision of angels going up from the earth into heaven and angels coming down from heaven into earth. He named the place Bethel because it was called the house of God. Later on in his life, he'd come back to that same place and he would wrestle with a man all night long, the Lord Jesus himself who would overpower Jacob, but bless Jacob and all of his family. Not only did it happen to these patriarchs, but it also happened to a man named Moses, who was keeping his father-in-law's sheep, and he turned aside to go see this burning bush that was on fire, but it wasn't being burned up and turned to ash. It wasn't completely consumed. It didn't disappear. It didn't dissolve. And the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to Moses out of that burning bush. And you remember what Moses' reply and response was to the voice of the Lord? Here I am. Here am I. So here the Lord Jesus spoke to Samuel that night. The Lord Jesus continues to speak today. In fact, there's a little devotional book out that's titled Jesus Calling. I've not ever read the devotional book before, and I'm not sure what the content is filled with, but I can tell you this one thing, Jesus still calls today. He called his disciples in the New Testament, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. There are many people who just say, I wish I could hear God speak. I wish I knew what God wanted me to do. Folks, you don't have to look any further than Jesus Christ. This is the number one way that God speaks to us. He is the ultimate, final, and full revelation of God. And just as Jesus called those people in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, when he walked this earth with his own two feet, so he calls to your heart today from heaven, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. If you want to know who God is, you've got to come to God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ laid down His life on the cross of Calvary for your sins. And if you'll believe that He died in your place, He'll forgive you of your sins. Jesus Christ rose from His tomb three days after He was buried. And if you'll believe in Him, He will give you new, abundant, and eternal life in His name. If you'll call upon Him as Lord... He'll speak to your heart. Jesus calls all of us to come to Him. 
This is the number one way that God speaks. God speaks through His Son, Jesus Christ. Are you a servant of the Lord? Listen to Him speak. Second, the Lord speaks to us through His Word, the Bible. The Lord speaks to us through His Word, the Bible. This story began with a note in verse 1 about how rare it was to receive revelation from God in Samuel's childhood days. Note that in verse 1. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. The truth is that God had already revealed to Samuel, to Eli, and to all of his people in Israel what he wanted them to do, who he wanted them to be. Commands that they had to obey, how they were to live. The problem is that instead of heeding God's word, every man was doing what was right in his own eyes. The problem was not that God wasn't saying anything, but that his people weren't listening to him speak. If we want to hear God's voice, then we need to go to God's word, the Bible. All Scripture, Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is inspired by God. That is, it is God-breathed. It is profitable for reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness so that the man of God may be competent and thoroughly equipped for every good work. I've encountered some Christians before and even fielded some questions from folks saying, I just, I wish God would speak to my heart like he does to yours. And so I'll follow up that kind of comment with this question. When's the last time you opened your Bible? Well, you, you preach Sunday morning. I heard you preach. That, that was Sunday. Today's Friday. When's the last time you personally opened your Bible? Sunday morning when you preached. <laughs> I thought, well, if you want to hear God speak to your heart, you're going to have to get alone with God on your own time and open his word so that you can hear what he has to say. God has given us the Bible so that we can hear him speak to our hearts. If you want to hear God's voice, you've got to open God's word. Some people never open their Bibles and wonder why they never hear God's voice. You connecting the dots now? Folks, if you will just open up your Bible and pray that little simple prayer, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, it'll be amazing to see how God speaks to your heart. There'll be sin that he convicts you of that you need to confess, and you'll confess it and he'll forgive you. And your relationship with God will be better than you knew it ever could be. There will be promises that you need to hold on to because you're going through a dark and difficult time in your life. And as you read those promises in God's word, instead of trying to give yourself this pep talk and instead of reading these motivation self-help books, you're going to receive help from on high that only the Lord can provide. And it's going to be amazing to see the encouragement that God gives you in the trials that you're going through. You're going to be faced with some very difficult decisions that you have to make in life. And though it might not be spelled out with black ink on white paper, the exact 
thing that you are supposed to do, you're going to be searching for wisdom. And when you open God's word, seeking his wisdom, the Lord is going to give you truths and principles to put into practice so that you can make a decision that honors him. It is incredible to hear the Lord speak to your heart through his word. And I simply want to challenge you. If you're here this morning and you don't know how to hear from God and his word, because it seems like, man, this is a really big book. Where do I start? Or Jake, I pick it up, but I don't understand what it means half the time. I want to encourage you to do something. Next Sunday afternoon, February the 25th, there is something that's starting at 4 p.m. that Sunday afternoon called Meaningful Moments with God. You guys see Bob Carey back there? Bob, you care to raise your hand real quick? Bob Carey back there is a, I, was, I would say he's a retired pastor, but he's still ministering on, on behalf of the Lord. So he's a, he's a church member here at First Baptist in Walnut Ridge. He knows what it is to hear from God in his word in a daily Bible study. And if you are just sitting here this morning thinking, man, Jake, that's me. I'm a Christian who wants to hear from God, but I don't crack open his word. And you want to learn how to read and study God's word, how to have meaningful time with him so that you hear his voice. I want to encourage you to go to Bob after this worship service and say, Bob, where are you meeting next Sunday at four? I want to be there. He'll help walk you through a process of how you can hear God's voice as you study his word. The third way that you can hear God's voice is through prayer. The Lord speaks through his Holy Spirit in something called prayer. There's another interesting note in verse 3 of this story that we read about the timing and the place in which Samuel heard God speak. I want you to notice this in verse 3. Before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down. The tabernacle of the Lord was located at this point in a place called Shiloh. And there at the tabernacle, inside the most holy place, was the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is the place where the presence of God dwelt amongst his people in Old Testament Israel. Eli the priest was a servant of the Lord there in the tabernacle. His job was to administer the sacrifices and to oversee the worship of God's people as they came and brought their offerings to him. Just in front of the most holy place was a table with a golden lampstand. And on this table was a lampstand that had to be refilled and sometimes relit with olive oil that had been dedicated to the service of the Lord. At the end of the day in the tabernacle, when all of the work of the priests was done, when they had finished their sacrifices and offerings, the priest would come in and maintain that golden lampstand that burned continually before the Lord, refilling the lampstand with oil, relighting the wicks that had gone out. And as he was doing that, he would pray at the end of the day. Eli did that, went to go to sleep in his bed. And it was then and there, in that place where God's presence was, in the stillness and the quiet of the night, that God spoke to Samuel. He spoke to Samuel in quiet prayer. 
If you want to hear God speak, then you need to spend some time before him in quiet prayer. Prayer brings us into the presence of God. Did you know that when you pray, you are going before God into heaven's throne room? That's a neat picture to have in your mind the next time you're praying. You're not just standing here on earth screaming words up into the sky, hoping that God hears you somewhere up there. When you pray, you are spiritually entering into God's presence to speak to Him. And through prayer, He will also speak to you. I mean, it's incredible. You know, in, in the past, I used to define prayer as talking to God. And then it came to the point that I realized that that's only half of the story. Prayer isn't just talking to God. It's talking with God. Let's say you pick up the phone. You need to call your, your spouse, your parents, your friends, your kids, your teacher, your coach, whoever it is. You, you pick up the phone to call somebody. You dial the number or you pull up their contact and you punch your, your thumb there or you just push the button and say, hey Siri, call so and so. Your phone calls that individual and the phone rings. How many of you start before anybody says hello just talking? And you talk the whole time and you don't wait for a response to any questions that you ask and you don't give them the opportunity to say anything back to you? You just pick up your phone, punch the number or the contact in and you say, hey, it's Jake, blah, 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 blah. What do you think about this? I don't think so. See you later. Bye. And hang up. Do you think a phone conversation would go very well? I don't either. Why? Because you've spent all the time talking to somebody and none of the time listening to what they have to say to you. Too often times in my own spiritual life, I've been guilty of doing the same thing to God in prayer. Hey, God, I don't know if you're aware of this, but all this is going on. I need help with it. And Lord, what do you want me to do about this? I think I'll go ahead and do that. Lord, please bless it. Take care of me today. Oh, and so-and-so needs some prayers too. Talk to you later. Bye. We don't say it like that, do we? But a lot of times we approach the Lord like that. The next time you pray and you ask God a question, Lord, would you help me with this? I don't know what to do. Instead of ending your prayer and saying amen, or instead of going on to the next thing to pray, why don't you just sit there a minute? You've asked God for help. Let him help you. Next time you ask God for wisdom, let him give you wisdom. The next time you ask God for comfort, let him comfort you. The next time you ask God for strength and courage, don't end the prayer and go do it in your own power. Let God give you the strength and courage you need to do what he wants you to do in his power. The Lord speaks through his spirit in prayer. Eli had prayed that night as he relit the candlesticks there at the lampstand of the Lord. And it was then that the Lord spoke to Samuel. Samuel didn't have a bunch of noise and distractions around him. Sometimes we have to pray when we're driving down the road. We can't bow our heads and close our eyes. 
Sometimes we need to pray and it's just a short, quick prayer. But we need to take devoted time to pray too. We need to take time to get into a quiet place where we can hear from the Lord. Without music playing off of Spotify, without the TV going in the background. Without pulling up your email on your phone. You got to get alone with God and remove the distractions so that the Lord can speak to your heart. And you'll hear His voice. The Lord speaks through His Spirit in prayer. If you want to hear God speak, then you need to spend some time before Him in quiet prayer. The fourth way that God speaks to His people is through the wisdom of others. The Lord speaks through His people. He gives wisdom, godly advice, counsel from others. You remember how this story unfolds? God called to Samuel how many times that night? Ended up being four, but he calls to Samuel three times. And Samuel thought, who was calling him? Eli, the priest. Samuel had been placed there at the tabernacle as a very young boy to help serve the Lord and to help Eli the priest serve the Lord. Uh, We find out in, in verse two that Eli's eyesight had grown dim. So it wouldn't have been uncommon for Eli in the darkness of night, already not being able to see well, to call to Samuel and ask him for some help with a task. So Samuel, being a good servant, hopped up. I'm right here. He goes to Eli. You called me. No, I didn't. Go back to bed. Happens again. You called me, Eli. What do you need? No, I didn't. Go back to bed. And this will... Like a story of your nightly life, parents who put little kids to bed, right? I need a drink of water. Can I go to the bathroom? I, I want to change PJs. I don't like these. They're scratchy. Went, what? But Samuel was really coming to serve the Lord. He was coming to help Eli. He thought Eli had called him. The third time he heard Eli's voice, Eli had the realization, oh, I'm not calling him, but God is. Verse 7 tells us why Samuel did not realize that it was God who was speaking to his heart. Verse 7 says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. He hadn't heard from God like this before. He didn't know what it was like to hear from the Lord. So the third time this happened, Eli the priest, who was Samuel's spiritual mentor and and a father figure to him, realized what was happening and told Samuel what to do the next time God called him. God speaks to his people and through his people. God will speak to our hearts through the godly counsel and wisdom of others who know him. And we need to learn to listen to the truth that God tells us through other people. Sometimes it's going to be parents. All right, everybody under 18, listen up. Even if you are 18, listen up. I still have to listen to this at 35. My dad has a lot more wisdom than I do. He's twice my age. I need to listen to him, right? God puts parents into your life, kids, so that they can teach you his truth. And listen, some of your parents may not know the Lord. If they don't, you need to pray that they come to know the Lord. Your parents aren't perfect. Mine aren't either. Eli wasn't perfect if we read this story. 
But the Lord used Eli to help Samuel learn what it meant to hear from God. My dad's not perfect. My mom's not perfect. But those folks told me some very important things when I was growing up. And it hit me one day when I was 19 years old and a student at Williams Baptist University. My dad might be the wisest person on the face of planet Earth. I called him and told him that. And he said, well, son, I'll tell you this right now. I am definitely not the wisest person on the face of planet Earth. But I am glad that you finally understand that I know more sometimes than you do. But it's the truth. Hey, listen to me, kids. Listen to your parents. Listen to your parents. God will give them some very important things that you need to hear. And you need to listen to them. This happens with, with pastors too. I don't take lightly the fact that I get to stand up here in this pulpit every Sunday morning and preach God's word to you. And there have been some Sundays that, I'll just be honest with you, I'm thinking, Lord, I have, I have legitimately done my absolute best and I feel like this sermon has fallen flat. And you know what will happen? Somebody will come up after the service is over with and they'll say, man, Jake, you shared this today and the Lord touched my heart. I'm thinking, man, that wasn't even the main subject of the sermon. That wasn't even a main point in the sermon. But it was something that I said that the Lord used to speak to that person's heart. Happens not just with pastors in the pulpit, but hey, listen to me. We've got some really wonderful leaders in this church. They might be first group leaders or Awana leaders. Yeah, Awana leaders. When you're working with those crazy third and fourth graders on Wednesday nights, and you think they're hearing nothing you say, they hear the stuff you say. And I know it, because I remember some Bible verses that I learned in third grade Awana while we were having a little food fight going on in the background. I promise you, God will speak through you to those children. Youth leaders, the Lord speaks through you to others. Isn't it wonderful to hear how God had used and worked through Darren and, and Ray to help Willie come to an understanding of the truth that he was in God's hand. The Lord speaks through his people. The Lord will speak to you through your friends. And this is why you need to be careful about the friends that you choose. You want friends who know the Lord and who want to walk in the wisdom of God's word. Because when they walk in the wisdom of God's word, they're going to be the ones to say, hey, dude, not a good idea. Instead of just patting you on the back and pushing you off the cliff that you're jumping off of, right? You want friends who will direct you into God's truth. Samuel had a person like this in his life and his name was Eli. He was a mentor, a father figure, and he was the one who said, Samuel, the next time this happens, you must say this, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Samuel acted upon it. The Lord speaks to his people and he speaks through his people to give us the godly wisdom that we need. And there's a fifth way that we see in this story that God speaks to us, that we can hear his voice. The Lord speaks through his works, divine circumstances. The Lord speaks through his works, divine circumstances. 
I think this is the one that we probably emphasize the most, and this is really at the back end of everything, to just kind of confirm what the Lord's will is. We want these stars in the sky to point out, oh, this is what I want you to do. We want these signs of things that happen in our daily life. Oh, God's directing me this way. The Lord will do this, and the Lord does this in His divine power and wisdom through the circumstances that He brings into fruition. I can't spend a whole lot of time with you sharing Samuel's backstory, but I've already told you that he came to the tabernacle at Shiloh as a young boy. And by young, I think probably about three years old. Because his mom hadn't come to the tabernacle to worship for the first two years he was born until he was weaned. If you haven't heard the story before, you can go back to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2 and read it this afternoon even. It's a good story. It'll hold your interest and you'll go, wow, this is incredible. Samuel had a mother named Hannah. She had been barren for a long time. She'd prayed that God would give her a son. She didn't have a son. And when she went with her family to worship the Lord at the tabernacle in Shiloh, she was outside the tabernacle praying. And Eli the priest saw her lips moving but didn't hear any words coming out of her mouth. And Eli thought that she was a, a drunk woman that was there just causing problems and kind of got on to her. And Hannah said, no, your maidservant is not drunk. I'm praying. I've been pouring out my soul to the Lord. She'd been praying that God would give her a son. And in her prayer, she said, Lord, if you will give me a son, I will return him to you. He'll be dedicated to serve you all the days of his life. Eli told Hannah after she'd prayed that day to go back home. The Lord has heard and will honor your request. You know what happened? The Lord gave Hannah Samuel. Not only that, she also ended up having five other kids. It's pretty neat when the Lord does something like that. And she made good on her vow to the Lord. She brought Samuel back to serve at the tabernacle there in Shiloh. And what we find out as we keep reading throughout the book of 1 Samuel is that God had a big plan and a big purpose for Samuel's life. I told you that Eli the priest wasn't perfect. His sons weren't either. In fact, Eli the priest had raised a couple of jokers for sons. Hophni and Phinehas were just corrupt people. They slept with women who had come to offer sacrifices there at the tabernacle. They got drunk off the wine that was supposed to be poured out as an offering to the Lord. They'd become gluttons and were just stabbing a fork in the pot and pulling out whatever meat they wanted to eat from the sacrifices that had been offered. And because Eli had not corrected his sons, God was going to bring an end to Eli's household and an end to Eli's priesthood. And God was going to do that through this young boy that he would raise up as a judge and a prophet named Samuel. Samuel didn't know all this was going on. Later on, he'd come to realize the path that God had paid for him. But it didn't make sense. He was seeing little pieces of the puzzle. I'm sure he wondered why his mom came to see him once a year with a new set of clothes to give to him instead of growing up in her house every day. And then she'd tell him the story when she came to visit about how God had visited her and given her his life and how his life had an important purpose in God's kingdom. There are things that will happen in your life that will not happen in other people's lives. 
There will be pieces of the puzzle. And sometimes you won't see them all fit together at first. But there will be things that God does and things that God brings into your life. Other people you cross paths with, jobs that you hold, places that you move to, houses that you live in, interactions that you have. And through all of that, the Lord is working His sovereign plan of redemption in your little life. You're going to miss it if you haven't been listening to God speak in these other ways. But you're going to see it and hear it clearly when you follow Jesus and when you're spending time in God's Word and you're listening to God speak to your heart in prayer and you're heeding the godly wisdom and counsel of other people and the Lord's going to bring it to fruition and it's going to be incredible. And I want you to think about this. The only reason some of you are married to the person that you're married to is because God worked that in his sovereign plan. Isn't that wonderful? The only reason you guys have the kids you do is because God worked that in his sovereign plan in your life. Isn't that wonderful? The reason that you're here at First Baptist Church in Walnut Ridge is because God had a plan for your life. Isn't that wonderful? It's incredible to see God work and he speaks through his works. Are you listening to his voice? The Lord's servants listen to him speak. Do you hear God's voice? What is the Lord saying to you? Are you trusting and obeying what God has spoken? If you are a servant of the Lord who wants to hear God's voice and is willing to obey God's call, whatever that may be, would you pray that prayer again with me aloud one more time? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You ready? Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Let's stand with our heads bowed and your eyes closed. As we've opened God's word this morning and your heart has been open to hear from God, I'm going to ask you now to respond to the Lord as He has spoken to your heart. Maybe you're here this morning and you were like Samuel at the beginning of this story. You can't really explain it, but it's like the Holy Spirit is tugging your heart. It's a sensation you never had before. That's Jesus Christ calling you to come and to follow Him. Will you choose to respond right now by believing that Jesus Christ has come, has died on the cross for your sins, has risen again. I'll be standing down here in the front if, if you just need to walk up here and say, Jake, man, I, I don't know what it is, but I really feel like the Holy Spirit is just speaking to my heart today. And I, I've, I've never sensed this before, or I've sensed this before, but I haven't known what to do with it. I'd love to pray with you and talk to you and help you listen to God's voice and follow Jesus. Others of you are here this morning and you know what it's like to hear God's voice. He may be calling you to do something really challenging. He may have tasked you to do something really difficult. Would you just choose to live in faith and obedience to whatever He's calling you to do? Maybe you need to come to this altar and pray. 
Maybe you need to pray that prayer again from your own heart to God. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And listen to what he says and then just go do it. If you need to make another decision today, maybe you need to join this church. Maybe God's calling you to ministry and you need to surrender your life to preach the gospel. I'll be standing down here in the front. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you in any way that I can. As God calls you, would you respond to him today?